When was the last time you got a spiritual checkup? The Bible tells us individually to examine ourselves, to test ourselves to see if we are in the faith. Spiritually, you are either growing or dying. There is no stagnation when it comes to godly lives. What can you look at to determine your growth? Today's culture is based upon loving things and using people. However, as Christians, we are to use things and love people. I have yet to see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. We are to store up treasures in heaven, and the only way to do that is to convert the temporal treasures to eternal, much like the way we convert our currency when we travel to a foreign country. We ought to utilize the stuff that we can't take with us when we die to reach the lost ones God leads us to, so they may be able to join us in eternity, rejoicing in God's presence. Are you asking God to bring you into contact with non-believers that you can share Christ with? Are you seeking to have an intimate two-way relationship with God? Not only do you know God, but does He know you? Hello, and welcome to God's Word for You for Today from Liberty Life Church. Today we have part one of two special messages by Pastor Jerry Larson. So take out your Bible and start by opening it to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and follow along with Pastor Jerry as he challenges us to spiritually grow in Christ and share with the lost in the message titled, Cultivating and Sharing Intimacy with God. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm just delighted to be here this morning. I think most of you have met me. I'm, uh, my name is Jerry Larson. I live in your backyard here. I moved to Liberty Lake a little over a year ago. And uh, so anyway, I'm getting to know some of you fairly well. One of you very well. And, uh, but anyway, we're all here by divine appointment this morning, aren't we? God's got something to say to you this morning, right? Right? Talk to me. All right, now, if he's got something to say to us, now listen up. I think a lot of times we don't come on a Sunday morning saying, God, I'm open to what you have to say to me. Okay, many people don't approach every Sunday like that. And... Uh, you know, I have an advantage because I can say anything I want to say and get out of town. And uh, I told people this for, some of you know, for the last, I'm in my 22nd year, for the last 21 years, I've been preaching in churches all over the western part of the United States, Canada, and Hawaii. And uh, I have a friend that owns a beautiful condo in Maui. And he gives me the month of March every year to go suffer for Jesus there. And, uh, but people don't realize what an awesome ministry that I've had there teaching in churches and helping and sharing and leading people to Christ while I'm there. So pray, commit yourself to praying for me next month. Oh, I know it'll be hard for you. Especially Todd, it'll be very hard for Todd to pray for me next month, but I'm going to trust that he will do that. Okay. Isn't it amazing how many times people can come to church every week? They can hear the Word of God. They can believe the Word of God. They can understand the Word of God and never grow. Know anybody like that? Got any family like that? I do. And so many times we don't really get a grip on that. Now what I like to do when I have opportunities like this so today and next Sunday, which you dare not come next Sunday for the second part of this passage, 
I like to talk about passages of Scripture that are alive and real and meaningful to me. And they're up to date. And if it hasn't gripped me, I know it's not going to grip you. Okay? But I can assume that if God has used it in my heart, He's going to use it in yours. Okay? So, I like the book of First and Second Peter. We're going to be in Second Peter this morning. I just have a couple of thoughts for you that I'll, I pray that you'll take with you. But uh, I just want you to understand some of what we of what's going to be said in the next two weeks and what is going to really challenge us. Let me ask you a question. If you told Jesus this morning that you love him, would he be impressed? Wow. Would he be impressed? Well, when you've got a heart that beats for him and for his cause, he knows you love him. All right? I've had an awesome week. Don't you love it when you have an awesome week? And actually, it's been an awesome two weeks for me. Two weeks ago, I went to get a shot. The doctor, better, better explain that. Went to the doctor's office to get a shot. I had to creep and crud, and I couldn't get rid of it, and I was desperate. So I went to the doctor to get a shot, and he was out of town. But anyway, this precious little nurse came into the office and gave me a shot, and we got in a conversation, and I walked her through how I came to Christ and what, he, what it really meant to trust him, and she wanted that. And I sat there in the doctor's office and led this precious nurse to Christ a week and a half ago. And then last week I brought her some follow-up material. And isn't it awesome to realize that there's people out there who have never heard a simple, just a simple presentation of what Christ did on that cross and how I can make it real in my life. I did that last night at dinner. Shared Christ heard my testimony twice this week with people who have never heard the gospel. That's what motivates and drives my life. Okay? And that's what I try to help people with, even though American Christians aren't that interested. It's hard for you to believe this. No, it isn't. But two years ago, I preached in a church in Arizona. I preached to 1,300 people that morning. And then there was a third service that the pastor wanted to do himself. So there was 2,000 people there that Sunday morning. And then I did a two-hour seminar to try to help train people on how to be more effective in people's lives and reaching people. How many people out of 2,000 do you think signed up? Fifteen. Seven hundred signed up for a, for a seminar on how to improve your finances. Does that tell you something about our world today? Jesus called us into the people business, folks. I used to tell my wife, your antiques aren't going to heaven. Well, she always said, yeah, well, your golf clubs aren't going either. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> so we better focus on people because that's the only thing that's going to heaven. And so my prayer is every week that I'll build into people's lives that know Him and God will open doors for me to share Christ with those that don't. Some of you have heard me say this and I'll say it again. Okay? Every day, I walk out my door. What's my prayer? Jesus, bring somebody into my life this week that I can touch for you. Jesus, bring people into my life where you're already at work 
They just need to get hooked up to somebody like one of us. Do you think he likes to answer that prayer? What do you think would happen in this body of believers right here? What if everybody sitting here right now this morning, what if every one of you prayed that prayer every day for the next six months? What do you think would happen? Anybody got any idea what would happen? You probably have one or two people sitting by you and God's used you to touch their life. Okay. I read something not too long ago, but it gripped me. Three critical questions. We'll spend a little bit of time on the first one this morning and the other two later. Three questions you're going to ask yourself this morning. Do I know Jesus intimately? Don't forget the last word. I didn't say, do you know him? Do you know him intimately? Second, do you love him passionately? And third, do you share him constantly? How you doing? You see, you're not here by accident this morning. The Spirit of God has something to say to us this morning. Okay? And that's why when you look at First and Second Peter, if you'll notice this, in First Peter, the emphasis is on the grace of God. But in Second Peter, the emphasis is on knowledge and growth. And as you well know, when you the last Second uh, Peter was the last uh, letter that he wrote. So you might don't you assume that when you're at the bedside of somebody that's dying and they're talking to you, you listen up, don't you? What do they have to say? In the last 64 years, I've done close to 400 funeral services. I've been to a lot of graveside, folks. I've crawled in bed with people with my face like this, telling them what Jesus did for them on the cross. Okay? So we've got an awesome job ahead of us. And so 1 Peter emphasizes the grace of God. And another thing about, uh, I wrote this down too because it really gripped me. Oh, here it is. What really gripped me too about 1 Peter. Remember in chapter 1, he talks about the fact that we've got a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A living hope. You know why I, how I like to look at that? We've got a hope worth living for. We've got a hope worth dying for. And we've got a hope worth suffering for. Because of what the results are going to be. And there's probably no one in this room this morning that has as many people on their prayer sheet that are going to hell and back physically that I'm praying for. And that God will use their physical struggles and to help them focus on that hope. And one of my precious friends lost his wife this week. So I've been on the phone with him. Uh, it's uh, very interesting. Aren't you grat grateful for that living hope? And then we need to understand, don't we? That we are all called to resemble, to reflect, and reveal the character of God in our world and the people that come in contact with us. Is that a challenge for you? I've got to reflect, resemble, and reveal the character of God in my life. I pray that I do that. You? Is it on your mind? Okay. Boy, it's just amazing how many times. I mean, I've been at this a long time, folks. You know, I've, I'm, <laughs> I tell people, I've been in so many churches the last several years 
that I can read people. I've been in churches where I want to say, you four, go on home. <laughs> you know, you three are getting it. So just pretend like you're getting it, okay? Or I'll send you home. So I really want to focus in this morning on just a couple of thoughts, and I pray that you'll take them with you when you go today, and it'll just be powerful to you. The other day, I heard a Muslim that was converted to Christ in prison give his testimony. It just, just blew me away. Here was a man that was stabbed, beaten to death, lying in a pool of blood, almost beaten to death twice. And he was waiting for his execution. And some friends that were in a small underground church took a, went the second mile and broke and freed him from prison one night and he escaped. And now he's, now he ended up in Israel and I don't know where he is now, but it's just an amazing thing when you think of, here's this guy in prison, almost beaten to death twice. And you know what he said? I'll never forget this statement as long as I live. You know what he said? Once you have found him, nothing else matters. Do you feel that way? Nothing else matters. That's why I love the book of Philippians. I love to preach through the book of Philippians. It's my favorite book in the Bible. But I love that passage in the third chapter when Paul said, my relationship to Jesus Christ is the supreme value in my life. Is it my supreme value? Is it yours? Another thing that's interesting for me is how God works in different people's lives at where they are in life. Have you ever noticed that? I came to Christ Easter week, my first year in college, okay? I think, you, I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> okay, I went to a Lutheran college. You know, all right, we won't get into that. But I came to Christ Easter week, and I had kids in my room morning, noon, and night for three and a half years asking me, what in the world has happened to you? And what a ministry I had on that mission field. Because those kids had church and they had religion, but no one had ever told them that they needed a spiritual birth. And that's, you know, and that's why, you know, that was my beginning. So you can imagine that, that when you start your Christian life like I did, I remember they're sitting there reading the Bible two or three hours a day. Those first few months of my Christian life and sharing Christ every day. How many people do you know that became Christians and that was the first three years of their life? Not too many? <laughs> okay, not too many. That's why I'm trying to infect people with my disease. Okay? So I'm not going to let you sit there and vegetate your way to glory. we got enough people doing that. That's why I like to talk to old people. Because I can tell them what the pastor would like to tell them. I just tell them and leave. So you old people, you got more time than you've ever had. Now make it count, okay? Now I can help you with that, so call me, all right? Now, here's my last few thoughts for this morning. I'm an Egyptian mummy pressed for time, so I'm going to try to hurry through some of these things that God's been doing in my life. But I just, I'm just so aware of a different... We're all in such... Look at everybody in this room and what a different place we are in life. Some of us are you know, early years. I remember my high school years were very... I wasn't a believer in high school, so I remember those years very clearly. My college years were incredible because I came to Christ. Then I got married, and I had three boys, 
Now they're all grown and gone and I got grandkids. But every one of those junctures in your life, God is at work in different ways. And I think some of I think I told some of you this that a little over a year and a half ago. My wife was just, you know, not feeling not much energy, and I badgered her into going to get a checkup. So she went and got a checkup. I took her. The doctor said, Call your husband in here. We've never had that happen in fifty-four years. So the doctor looked at me and said, I think your wife only has a year to live. I about fell off my chair. And three weeks later, she died. So this has been a different year and a half in my life. Living alone. So I've got a heart for and a, and a compassion for people in a different area of life that I've never had before. But, can I say something to you in all honesty? And can I say something to you that I'm more grateful for than anything else in my life? That I have never been more thrilled about what God is doing in my life through His Word than I ever have been in my entire life. And you know why? I'll read the passage and then I'll tell you why. Let me just read the first part. Now listen up. 2 Peter chapter 1. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Notice this. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Don't ask for more. He's given us everything we need. You know, you've got the Spirit of God within us. We've got the Word of God in our lives every day. We've got everything we need through a knowledge of Him. And what I want to drive home this morning, two things, okay? Usually you get a three-point sermon, only a two-point this morning. The knowledge of God, it talks about in verse 3. The knowledge of Him who called us. Okay, stop right there. It's the knowledge of God in the light of an experiential knowledge of God. Okay, we need to cultivate this, an experiential knowledge of God. In other words, there's a lot of people that know a lot about the Bible and it doesn't change their life. God gave us this book to transform us, didn't he? Say yes, Jerry. All right. <laughs> All right. He gave us this book to transform our life. So I've got to read it, hear it, appropriate it into my life and see what He wants to do with that knowledge of His Word in my life, which is where most people stop. Hear it, believe it, understand it, but they never go say, God, how do you want to work that truth into my life and out? And we've got to cultivate that. And that's why, I, don't you love that? Remember in Philippians 3 when Paul said, my, that I may know Him. Well, I thought he was a believer. He was. What was he saying? That was, his, that was the supreme passion of his life that I might have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. A growing one. Is that you? Did I just describe you? How are you growing? Could every one of you, if I stopped, if I stopped this morning right now, took the microphone, just started with Todd and his son here, and 
just started walking around. Could every one of you stand up right now and tell me how have you grown this last year? What area of your life have you really grown the most? Could you tell me? Now, not just the old folks, not just, I mean, man, I'm sniffing glory at my age, but what about you two? Is God at work in your lives? Okay, I'm, you know, now see, I love kids your age. My, I still love high school kids. People ask me if I'd ever be a pastor again. Well, I'm going to be 84 years old this summer. I don't know churches looking for an 84-year-old pastor, do you? But if you know a church looking for a youth pastor, would you give them my name? I love high school and college kids. My heart burns for that age bracket to help them learn how to internalize the Word of God into their lives and to work it out. Because I want God at work in your lives. That's what I want to see. And that's what excites me. Okay? So don't get away from that. Now, you still love me, don't you? Okay. So that's our first truth for today. Our first truth is a knowledge of the Word of God that we're cultivating this experiential knowledge of His Word because we're appropriating it into our lives. That's what He wants more than any other one thing. And that's what's so beautiful about, like I said, what He's doing in my life. And you know what? You ever stop stop to think, look back and say, what has made the greatest difference in my life in the last year and a half? And I, can, I think I can tell you this. Here's what's made the greatest difference in my life before. When I first became a Christian, I got involved with some guys that were in the Navigator ministry. Everybody know what the Navigator ministry is, that discipleship ministry? Oh, I love these people. I mean, they know how to build into people's lives, get them into the Word, get them in prayer, get them sharing Christ, okay? So I got involved with some of these guys and I built into my lifestyle a morning quiet time. And I'm just delighted that I can stand here this morning and say to you, I haven't missed many days in 64, two, in two months it'll be 64 years. Oh man. Uh, like I said, I, at my age I'm sniffing glory, so I'm trying to buy up every day, boy. Let me tell you. But I want to, but here's the thing. You know, especially when I think about my life and the, and the disciplines that I've built into my life. That's a good thing. But what I've done to the extent that I've never done it before is spending time, Scripture, in prayer. But the thing that I've done the most of that I got sloppy at was being quiet Long enough to say, oh God, speak to my heart. What do you want me to flesh out from what I have just read? And I've done that to a greater extent than I ever have in my life. And is it any wonder that my life's more exciting than it's almost ever been? Isn't it wonderful that I can stand here and tell you this morning that I'm going on 84 years old and I'm still growing? Amen? That's so weak. Anyway. Okay. Well, I want to encourage you. <coughs> Build that discipline into your life. But it's not just knowing, it's appropriating 
that truth <laughs> experientially into our life. I had some water and it's, I spilled it. But if I get a little tickle going, just pray for me. I've done this for about a month now. <laughs> okay, so that's exactly what we have. Because the more time we approach the Word of God and appropriate it into our lives, <coughs> the, more we, the more we know Him. Now listen to me. And the more we know Him, the more we trust Him. But you can't trust a God you don't know. And that's what we try to encourage a lot of people to do. And that's why so many times, don't we, don't we all agree with this? People wait for a crisis and then they want to cram course in theology. Right? Okay. So start that word of God through the knowledge of him. A growing knowledge of Him that you're appropriating into your life <coughs> as the one who's called us by His own glory and excellence. And I just absolutely love the challenge of that part in my life and what it's meant to me. All right. I've got to know Him. And I'm growing in that area of my life. Aren't you thankful it's never over? It's never over. So praise God for that. And it's so much more than just an intellectual understanding of truth. I know I'm not an angel, but I keep harping on this. You hear the truth. You believe the truth. And then you appropriate the truth. Many people have never done that. Especially, well, i got to be careful with that. But anyway, especially church people. Man, I talk to people about Christ every week of my life for almost 64 years. And how many thousands of people have I talked to that have heard it? Understand it? say they believe it but they've never put their personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ and I got to help them with that which is what I do that's my passion in life in fact my youngest son said to me recently he never said this to me my youngest said, son said this to me just recently he said dad you live to see people come to Christ, don't you? And I said, yes, son, that's what I live for. Okay? But I'm glad that I can stand here today and tell you that the last year and a half of my life, he has never been more real, more precious. The Word of God has never been more alive to me because I've taken enough time to listen to what he's saying to me. And I've tried to get away from my drive-through devotions. Anybody know what I mean by drive-through devotions? You ever drive by McDonald's and some of these other gag-in-a-bag places? You know, see everybody lined up and and the cars by the window going by and getting their quick bag and they're off. Okay, right? Look at it. That's look at how quick that is. Drive through. Any of you ever had drive through devotions? Pray, read the word, then I'm off. And it's almost like God saying, Well, what you didn't wait long enough for me to say anything. I want to talk to you this morning. Why don't you listen to me? You know? You got to quit. You got to back up on your drive-through. On your drive-through devotions. And say, God, above and beyond all else, 
I know I don't, I'm not going to want to know that word and understand that word. I want that word to be active in my life. And that's what Paul prayed for. Peter did the same thing. And that's, what, and that's the only way that we will ever get to know Jesus in an intimate way. He's the bread of life, you've got to eat the bread. He's the water of life, you've got to drink the water. Okay? That's why I think a simple little verse that's gripped me. Isn't it amazing how little things can just grip you? A verse of Scripture that's probably gripped me like never before. Simple. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Didn't take me long to memorize that verse. My sheep, is that us? Is that us? Do we hear his voice? Be careful. Do we hear his voice? Sometimes. Don't get pious on me now. Sometimes I rush away before I hear his voice. But I've grown in that area. Praise God I've grown in that area. Because the better I know him, the clearer I hear him. So if you're growing in your knowledge of him and you're growing and appropriating that word, as you grow, the clearer you hear him and the better he leads you. Because I feel I'm at a crucial spot in my life right now. This year, I don't know what's out there for me this year. So I'm going to walk close. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure I spend time hearing. Got that? Okay. All right. Hmm. And then I also go back to that. Remember that famous passage in the Old Testament? <clears throat> Come on, Jerry, it'll come. <laughs> that famous Second Chronicles. Anyway, I will seek his face. How many people do you know can honestly say, I seek his face through Scripture? All right. Precious promises. That's the second thing we want to talk about. Okay, how are we doing in our knowledge of God and how are we doing in growing in our intimate relationship with Him through His Word. And we're giving Him the time to speak to us and to lead us. I mean, I was in getting my car service at Toyota downtown. There was a mother and her college-aged daughter sitting across from me. And the Spirit of God gave me that little nudge. Talk to them. Okay, so I did. And then after, by the middle of the conversation, the mother got called away to, for something. But this girl that went to Gonzaga University, I just walked her through. It's not religion. It's not church. It's a personal relationship with a person who went to the cross for you. And I walked her through all of that. And it was just a beautiful time. But I just got that divine nudge. Say something. Are you getting any divine nudges? Oh, gee, there goes. I just knocked my water off. Now I spilled it. Oh, well. We're doing great this morning. All right, now one more point and then we'll pray, okay? Tell me you got that. Okay, now tell me you're going to take at least one little truth that I've said so far and say I'm going to work that into my life this week. 
And I'm going to spend some time in the Word. And I'm going to be quiet long enough to where I say, Lord, I'm open now. What do you have to say to me? Okay? And cut out that drive-through devotions. I've done enough of those over the years. Don't look at me like that. So have you. All right. Point number two, let me read it in verse four. All right, he's knowledge of his knowledge of him. Now, verse four, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them, by these magnificent promises, you may become, as you well, we already know, that we are partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world by lust. In other words, as we come to the precious promises of God, they're magnificent, and by them, that's what helps us in the corrupt world we're living in, so it doesn't suck us down the drain. So my second point is, what are we doing with, and what do they mean in our life, these magnificent, precious promises? So what's my assignment for you on this? Here's my assignment for you that I try to do myself. How many of the precious promises do you know? Because those precious promises are going to help you when the rubber meets the road this week on some situation you find yourself in. When I was in seminary, I graduated in the class right after Abraham. When I graduated from seminary, you know what the greatest thing that I ever did in seminary? I memorized the entire topical memory system from the navigators. So I had my little Bible verses on cards. Okay, hundreds of these I memorized for three years. Question, was that a waste of time? Do you think God's used those over the years in my life? Oh, now I knocked this. Oh, I'm telling you, this is a bad morning here. I didn't. God help me with this silly thing. Help me put that back on. Okay, there we are. Okay. Aren't those precious, magnificent promises? And look what they do for us. Let me give you an idea. When I sold my house a year and a half ago up in North Spokane, the night before it closed, there could have been a little glitch where it could have fallen through. Tell me somebody's been there. And I remember I was lying there in bed. I was tossing. I was turning. I couldn't go to sleep. And that's not like me. I'm just not, just not my temperament. But I was a mess. And right out of the clear blue, just like it was somebody was talking to me out loud, it came back to me. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that stands guard over your heart and mind. That's exactly what I needed. And I walked through that memory verse and went to sleep. And it was just awesome. Don't you think I'm grateful for that verse? Be anxious for nothing. And don't you love the peace of God that marches around your mind 
when you're in those anxious moments. But see, that's embedded in my mind. Now, hand me your Bible. I've got another memory verse that's fuzzy. <laughs> this is fuzzy. And I, I didn't want to misquote it, so I'm going to read it to you. Old Testament. All right, and then I'll tell you why. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, 1 to 3. When you pass through the rivers, you're not going to drown. You pass through the fire, you're not going to get burned. Is that an awesome verse or passage or what? You know why I love that? You know the first time I ever read that verse, verses? Was at four o'clock in the morning. In seminary, I got up at four o'clock in the morning to cram for finals. Does anybody remember cramming for finals? Of course, my kids think now. Every time I read my Bible now, my kids think I'm cramming for finals. And I needed, I needed something that morning. Why? I said, oh God, I need to hear from you this morning, four o'clock in the morning, cramming. Because I was facing a two-hour final in Greek and then a two-hour final in Hebrew right after that. My mind was going like this. Oh God, I was a mess. And then I, I need a... Talk to me, Lord. And that's the first time I ever read that passage. When you pass through the waters. Oh, thank you. Just what I needed. Four hours I sat there. Taking finals in Greek and Hebrew. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Take that to the bank. So take, take at least one. Then what I try to do is take these little card, three by five cards, write out a promise, and just leave it in the front seat of your car. Just take out a promise. Maybe you've memorized it in the past. Freshen up your thinking. And then let it just seep in this week. One promise of God. And then if somebody calls you this week, tell them, I got a word. I got a. I got a verse for you this morning, and then maybe they'll share your word, their verse with you. So will you do that? Just one promise. Write it out. Leave it in the car. So when you're sitting there at a long red light, you're sitting there in traffic. Instead of getting in a gross state of carnality, read a verse of scripture that you're memorizing, or that you've already memorized. You just want it to wash over you again and then watch God work. How many of you saw in the paper this last week the incredible article on the quarterback from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, the quarterback that got hurt and can't play today? And the guy that's filling in for him that is playing today, both of them are dynamic believers. And the article talked about how many guys on that team know Christ. And they talked about the fact we know each other, 
We pray for each other. We text each other during the week on verses of Scripture. That's what they're doing, some of the players in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles football team. That's not the only reason I want them to win today, but anyway. Isn't that awesome? Well, let somebody hear from you this week, okay? Man, every day I bring, another thing I do every day, Lord, bring somebody to my mind that needs prayer. And then call them. I do that every week. I love that. I'm growing, praise God, in my experiential knowledge of God. And I'm rejoicing in His magnificent promises. Now just work on those this week, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Most of these people, Lord, I don't know, but you do. God, don't let us vegetate our way to glory. Father, I pray that your word will be alive and real to us. We'll give you time to speak to us. And bring somebody into our life this week that we can touch for you. And bring believers into our life that we can pray for and encourage. And I pray that something that's been said this morning, that you'll use it in every life to the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen. One last question. Anybody thankful you came this morning? Amen. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Now we'll finish this passage next week. Don't you dare stay home. Okay. Anyway, thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to today's message from Liberty Lake Church in Liberty Lake, Washington. Our pastor, our elders, and our Prayer Watch team are available to pray with you or to answer any questions you may have. Contact us through www.LibertyLakeChurch.com or follow us on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you and welcome any comments you may have. As always, we appreciate your prayer support. Join us next week on God's Word for You for Today for another message from Liberty Lake Church. Thank you again, and God bless.